Hey, Spinners, it's Chester here, reminding you for your safety to stay seated with that seatbelt fastened good and tight as you spin. Welcome to These Amazing Places Podcast. This is show number 186 for the week of November 14th, 2011. Welcome, everybody. And on this week's show, it's Doug, but he's coming to us via Skype. I am Adam. And Doug, what are we doing this week? We are going to be in the much-beloved Animal Kingdom Dino Land. We're going to take you through there, uh, give you a little bit of story, the history behind what Dino Land is all about for those of you who can't understand it. But before we get to uh, all that, we're going to do a little bit of news, maybe, and throw out uh, some information about stuff that's going on currently and soon to be uh, within the Disney parks. Okay, great stuff. So sit back. We'll also have some audio. I think we're going to play some audio, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll have audio. Okay, cool. We're going to play some audio for you, too. And it should be a fun show, even though Dino Land is not talked about a whole lot. And that's what we're going to plan to do on this show. So stick with us, and we'll be back after this break. Be it a prehistoric trip or any kind of vacation that you're interested in, we can help you out. We can help with planning or touring or ideas, but also we can help with booking if you're interested. To do that, you can call Roy at 1-855-441-4414, or you can just visit our website and click on the Book It tab. All right, everybody. So before we begin with Dinoland, we're going to talk just a little bit about some Disney stuff going on. And this stuff is actually coming from the Mickey Monitor, which if you are a pass holder, you get this quarterly pamphlet thingy, I guess you want to call it. It's not a magazine, but it's uh, something that's kind of cool about, I don't even know, 14 pages long? Yeah, 14 yeah. pages. Yeah. So, um, And yeah. so It does hit a lot of deals and stuff. Obviously, they're, uh, some of them are, are pass holder deals, and then some of them are just giving information as to what's going on as far as deals in the parks. Yeah, definitely. So um, the first thing it talks about here at the beginning of the pamphlet is the uh, Candlelight Processional, which we covered a lot of this Christmas stuff that goes on with uh, Walt Disney World, and we covered a little bit of Disneyland each season. If you go back to our old shows and look for those ones that released in December, uh, we covered quite a lot of those. Um, Just one word of note regarding the candlelight processional if you forget what that is it's basically a large choir that kind of puts on the christmas story and orchestra it's a real cool deal in uh epcot uh here's something from one of the guys in it he is the musical director his name is rick mizell it says how can you use music to enhance your own holiday gathering rick suggests playing a variety of songs that can engage everyone and this is his quote remember it's not a rock concert but an opportunity to trigger holiday memories So play your soundtrack soft enough so people will lean forward to listen more closely. So I thought that was kind of a cool little quote there to start off with. Um, Okay, so just to give you an idea, 
the Candlelight Processional is, as soon as I pull it up here, it is uh, 5 o'clock, 6.45 and 8.15 at the American Gardens Theater. It is November 25th through December 30th. So if you are around any of those dates, uh, I believe, I'm looking through real quickly, yeah, they don't skip a date. Um, they go directly from those dates on. So it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, certain people are narrating it at certain times. So uh, if you want to look at one of your favorite uh, celebrities to, to narrate, you can check that out on Disney's website. Uh, something else we've talked about before, and Doug, you can pipe in about this maybe. I mean, we've spoken about it, but it's the uh, Osborne's family, family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. Have you seen this? No, I haven't, except for video. So, yeah. Okay, and I, I know I had pictures when Connor and I were there in August, and they were, I think it was August or whatever, and they were setting it up. So. Yep. But I've never seen it on. Yeah, me neither. Um, I do think that we have some video or pictures or something, right? Yeah, we have both, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks to our our listener Bob, who's helped us out many times with that kind of stuff. Um, they basically have been going on since 1995, and there's two million lights that are now displayed at Walt Disney World's Disney's Hollywood Studios. So it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, good time to check out it. Um, it's definitely a busy time, and we've talked about this before, so it's easier if you go ahead of time, right when it gets dark, check it out, um, but also on your way out of the park, or when you're done with the lights, everybody else is coming in, and so it actually, you kind of go against the flow of traffic, and it actually lets you get out a little quicker than it would I if you were I wonder, too, if they're going to add anything extra to this, since he just passed away this year, the guy who originated it. Oh, Leon okay. Osborne or something like that, his name was. Yeah. I'm not um, sure. Um, there's a very good chance. I, I, nothing's been said. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, maybe but. we won't know until it actually happens, like that happens sometimes. So, uh, Something else to check out, which we've kind of spoken about before. Uh, if you go down to Walt Disney World and you don't want to go to these special events, you can always check out the resorts. They've got a gingerbread wonderland going on. It's at Disney's Grand Floridian. Um, there's a huge, huge gingerbread house that you can go to and see. Uh, what's it say here? 1,050 pounds of honey, 600 pounds of powdered sugar, 800 pounds of flour, flour and 180 pounds of apricot glaze has been contributed to this thing. And they also sell gingerbread and hot chocolate and stuff there. Also, Disney's Beach Club has some cool stuff there. Um, that's what. That's the place I've heard about probably... The Grand Floridian and the Beach Club are the two places that I've heard the most about. Yeah. Of course, and you know they got they talk about the horse-drawn carriages and stuff here too at uh, uh, what is it uh, Wilderness Campground. Cool. And Lodge. So. Cool. Um, yeah, that's a, a great way to spend the holiday. Uh, something else. And also, else? If people want to do the uh, 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 Mickey's not so uh, Mickey's not so Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Mickey's uh, very Merry Christmas. Very Merry Christmas. There you go. Uh, and of course, as we talked about before, you can a lot of times you know don't don't go into the parks for the whole day. Buy the uh, ticket. You're in there at four o'clock. Uh, once they start the full festivities, festivities up for that party, um, then you can have hot chocolate and cookies and stuff like that during the night. So yeah, uh, it's a pretty good time. Uh, I, along. Yeah, cool, cool stuff. Um, along with the stuff that you can do outside the parks, there's horse-drawn carriages available at Disney's Port Orleans and Disney's Fort Wilderness. It's a 30-minute and a 25-minute sleigh ride, even though it's not really a sleigh ride. It's a carriage. 
but they kind of hype it up for the holidays. Uh, you can call 407-WDW-PLAY for more information. And it's just a, a another way to just kind of get that flavor when you're over there in the holidays and you're spending time. And in fact, I should pipe this in. Uh, Roy was down there a couple of years ago at Christmas, and they actually did not go into the parks on Christmas Day because of the fact that the crowd was just so crazy. They decided just to stay out of the parks so they didn't have to deal yeah. with it. So. And when I was there, what, a few years ago on Christmas Eve Eve, um, it was insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I guess I wouldn't say that that would be a great time to be there at all. I can't imagine how you can enjoy that. But Yeah, definitely. Okay, and skipping Christmas now. Um, we've covered those in past shows. Check them out if you haven't had a chance. We've played a lot of audio on a lot of those, actually. Um, and one particular I'm thinking of is, I know Small World is Small World, but they do like a Jingle Bells uh, rendition at Small World in Disneyland. We played that on one of our shows. Um, I don't think it was last year. Maybe it was the year before. I don't remember. But anyway, you can check it out and uh, search it on our podcast. Uh, the next thing to talk about, just one final thing with the Mickey Monitor here, is the sneak peek of Fantasyland's first phase. It's actually going to take off on in early 2012 when Dumbo opens. It's I was kind of hoping maybe this would take off while I was there. But yeah. in that article, they kind of talk about a water thing that you can get into. And I don't know how much water everybody's going to want to be into when it's you know maybe a high of 72 there. Yeah, well... From the sounds of it, this thing's going to actually open in Storybook Circus, which is the the new section of the land over there by the uh, train station that they they closed down and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Doug, you actually might be there. Right? I'm hoping. I'm hoping, yeah. man. If it's if I can get into anything, I'll be there in a minute. Cool. Um, but anyway, they're just commenting about it, and you can always go to DisneyParksBlog.com. That's a cool link. I didn't know that. That's one of the links uh, to get more information. Um, in regards to updates and what's going on with the new Fantasyland and when it's opening and what what's going on where and all kinds of stuff. So, um, one other thing to hit and Doug, you want to lead it off? What? Yeah, it's just something real quick here. Uh, they've actually got something launching in the Magic Kingdom, and it, it Adam and I kind of spoke about it a little bit and remind you of um, Kim Possible that they do over in Epcot. Yep. But this is called Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. And it's that same kind of thing. You're going to go around and you're going to locate certain areas. You're going to have a, uh, a transmitter or whatever you want to call it with you. And um, and you're going to find things and they'll activate. And so I guess it's the way I see it. It's Of course, it's theme different. It's not really themed after anything that would have been a Disney Channel thing since it's the sorcerer thing. It's kind of they're getting into the villains mode. And so basically you're fighting against the villains by going and completing each stage. And of course, those stages are going to happen throughout the uh, throughout the Magic Kingdom, I believe. Too, you'll pick up your transmitters and stuff at the Adventureland Land uh, veranda. I think that's where they had set it up for it's supposed to, where it's supposed to happen. Okay. But it will be. It should be in full fledged run mode by the time I'm down there at uh, the end of January, early February. And so I will give it a shot and see what see what it's like. Cool. Awesome. And now that I'm thinking about that, uh, I know this is weird because we're on the show. Did you get my email about the Southwest flights that are going on right now? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's what, like 
59 bucks in certain cities, certain directions, and you can get it's real basically, real yeah, cheap it was flights. like 95 though in most places. Okay. The nice thing was though, even at the 95, they had direct flights with right. no layovers. Oh, yeah. Uh, where AirTran is offering the same kind of $95 flights here, but they all still have a stop. Right. As air, everybody who flies AirTran, um, their main hub is in Atlanta. And so you end up being stopped there most of the time, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. So check out southwest.com. I believe you have to book it by the end of this month, I think, is what you have to do. Yeah. It. And it's flying through March. And actually, it's pretty interesting. I thought about going on a spring break trip, and I looked up the spring break trip of the schools around here, and it fits right in with that spring break, which is awesome. So uh, anyway... Some things to check out if you guys are looking for some flights in the spring or you're just looking for some flights to, to even travel around Christmas and stuff like that. So, Okay, anything else you want to add, Doug? Nope, that's good. Okay, cool deal. So that's the end of the travel segment. We'll take another break, and we'll be back with some dinosaurs. If you're interested in connecting with us beyond the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Amazing Places. Check out our photos at flickr.com slash photos slash these amazing places. Follow our videos at youtube.com slash these amazing places. Email us podcast at these amazing places.com and check out all these things on our website, these amazing places.com. So now we can get on with some dinosaurs here and talk about a land that hardly ever gets talked about. And I'm not or, saying... Or when it does, it's not talked about in such a great way. Yeah, and I know that we kind of we kind of listen to some inner Disney circles where people are saying certain things, and it, it's fine. And maybe a lot of you who are new to Disney or new to visiting Disney World don't have an interest in Animal Kingdom anyway. Well, I hope this show encourages you to check it out a little more and yeah i, I think yeah. it's always good to to know the story behind it it really it helped me when we went back in and i kind of knew the story behind it even though i'd seen dino land i don't know five times before yeah uh yeah it gave it rounded it out rounded the story out for me so yeah definitely so okay so uh doug you want to start <laughs> off just all right yes yeah i'm just going to read just a tad bit here basically it's going to give you uh the idea about uh, kind of what the Imagineers had behind the theming of this section of the park. And so it just says, Dinoland USA originally started as a small highway town where an amateur fossil hunter found some dinosaur bones in 1947. After contacting some scientist friends, they gathered their money together to purchase the site. Since uh, then, scientists, volunteers, grad students have been living there trying to find uh, answers about dinosaurs. The Dino Institute was founded and opened the site as a fossil discover park. An old fishing lodge on the property became the restaurant tourists. Meanwhile, the Dino, Dino Institute discovered how to warp vehicles through time and thus started doing time tours. Um, that was, that's Restaurantosaurus. Yeah. Restaurantosaurus, yeah. yes. And Restaurantosaurus, you know, too, we'll touch on that a little bit about the, the college people and stuff coming to town. Something oh, yeah. That, 
that there, we have pictures of, and Adam showed me while we were there because I hadn't really paid that much attention. Yeah. And it was funny. It was funny when you pointed it out to me. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I guess we'll touch on that a little bit when we head to, into Restaurant of Source. Um, okay, so basically it goes into the story of Chester and Hester, and they were two locals determined to make a quick buck and converted their gas station into a fossil souvenir shop. Not to be outdone by the Dino Institute, they created their own version of dinosaur named Primeval World. They also added Triceratops spin and the Midway Games. Um, yeah, and you can see as you go through, and you'll see it in some of our pictures, uh, kind of what was going on as it became more popular. First parking was like 50 cents. And then the 50 cents was scribbled out and it went to two bucks. Yeah. So supply and demand was alive and well <laughs> in the 1947. Yeah. Hester and Hesterville. Yeah. And um, and so your first impression, if you don't know that storyline when you first enter it, is, man, there's like this carnival that's in Disney World and this does not match the animal kingdom and the this and that. And you can be like, oh, this doesn't fit. And then you realize... Oh, okay. They built a storyline storyline around the fact that there's this old town. There's a road that's a lot like Route 66, and and somebody, that's the thing too. Yeah, you pay attention. Remember where the road changes? Yes, it yeah. goes from like the uh, like the Animal Kingdom pathway uh-huh. into a, a like a paved highway with a line down the middle of it. Yep. In fact, yeah. it's got the uh, it's got the numbers of the highway is 498. And 498 yep. is referring to. Do you know, Doug? Uh, darn it, I should. But okay, I that's fine. It's April of 1998, the month and the day, the month and of the year that the park opened. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, which is we actually we have video and pictures of that. So it's, yeah, we do. It's a pretty cool deal. But but yeah, it's got this Route 66 feel. And so what happened is Chester and Hester were kind of just these these guys, and then all of a sudden someone discovered dinosaur bones, and they're like, "Whoa, let's capitalize on this. Let's put parking out here. Let's build rides. <laughs> yep. Yada yada yada." And, you know, and it's not done in an Imagineers sort of way. That's why a lot of people would say. Well, this place doesn't look like something the Disney Imagineers would have come up with. Yeah. Well, no, it's not supposed to. It's supposed to look like kind of how some little town people capitalize on a, on a moment. Yeah, it is. It's kind of funny because it totally is totally Imagineers. In fact, of course, Imagineers yeah. do the parks. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not like there's no fairy godmother in this part of the park, you know. No. No. So, which is which was I, I like think because it, it really does a great job of giving that small town feel when you understand the story. But when you don't, you're like, this is a mess, man. This doesn't fit. I don't understand why this is even here. But once you understand the story, man, it opens the whole place up for oh, you. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so let's go through some of the things. Just to, we're gonna do a basic overflow um, of everything. Uh, I actually have the Imagineering Field Guide to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Highly recommended. All this information that we're talking about is from this guide, uh, plus observations that we made along the way. And you can you can find a lot of this if you go hunting and searching. In fact, the audio you're going to hear, you'll hear us talking about stuff like that probably. Um, but anyway, I'm starting with the, setting the scene. And so one of the first things you'll notice, Doug alluded to it when he read the first opening scene there. He said Dino Institute kind of came across and they started to do warp vehicles through time and all that stuff. And Primeval World's around and Chester and Hester's around. Well, what happened is college students go to the Dino Institute. The Dino Institute is this high-profile, serious, serious, serious thing. And these are grad students. Well, on their time off, they ended up going to Chester and Hester's and hanging out at Restaurantosaurus. And 
they just had parties and stuff. And Set so, up lawn chairs. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so if you look on the roof of Restaurant Ronosaurus, you'll see lawn chairs. You'll see a plunger arrow stuck on the side of the adjacent water tower. Uh, note the handy device that they rigged in order to avoid having to actually exert any effort into retrieving their homework. Uh, our handwork, handiwork, sorry, homework. Um, and there's all kinds of stuff just all over the place. It's just amazing to even look at. And you're thinking, what is a lawn chair doing on the top of that building? That's well, exactly what I yeah. started saying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was great. It's great when you know this stuff. Yeah, totally. And uh, in fact, there's several pages that I'm skipping over right now in the book that kind of talk about the backstory of where those things are coming from. And so... So anyway, we kind of touched on that. Um, I won't spend too much time on it, um, but one of the other areas we can go into is the boneyard. And I know we've spoken about it before. You, you and Connor kind of dug around in it that one time. Yeah, yeah, it's great for mm-hmm. uh, young kids. And the nice thing is, is there's something about the sand. I said it even back in the show uh, about it, that the sand doesn't really make your kids or yourself dirty. Yeah. So I don't know how they do that, but it works perfect. Yeah. Um, one thing that we didn't notice, which is straight from the Imagineers book, they have signs uh, posted throughout the boneyard. And um, in fact, I'm just going to read some of this because I think that it's helpful and it goes along with education and why, you know, um, Spaceship Earth is educational and, and you got the worlds in Epcot and stuff like that, uh, the countries in Epcot around the world. Okay, uh, we still hold to our mandate for the park to inform and inspire us as we entertain. In the Boneyard, there are numerous opportunities to learn as we play, not at least not least of which is the dig site. So here, kids have the chance to uncover a fossil. Ours is a combination of bones from a Triceratops, a tri- Tyrannosaurus Rex, and a woolly mammoth carved by imaginary sculptors. And learn about how we find the fossils, which leads to our enti- entire body of knowledge about dinosaurs. Additionally, there are informational plaques scattered around the boneyard that tell us what paleontologists look for as they dig and study their findings. These graphics make you think about how dinosaurs lived and why they lived. If you read closely, you'll see that most of the signs actually showcase a spirited academic debate, which notes posted arguing the printed facts and championing new theories in the field. That is the true spirit of Dino Land USA. And so... It goes along the fact that they got Dino Institute just down the road, and people are still trying to debate and argue, and, no, wait, the dinosaurs came from an asteroid. No, wait, you know, and stuff like that. So, and, and on top of it all, adults can be sitting around reading these signs or looking at looking at the storyline. The kids can find so much stuff in just pulling things. Uh, in fact, they, they note here on this thing, they said, Anything that the kids can do, just do it. Like if you fee- see a rope, pull it. If you see uh, partially, let's see, I'm, I'm looking through here to see if there's any doorway is worth a pull on the handle just to see who's inside is what they are talking about here. Uh, any bit of scaffolding or tubing presents a pathway to explore. And as we stomp around like dan- dinosaurs and what kid hasn't, we make noises that sound as though we're, we're really throwing our weight around. So anyway... They they go on about it in the in the book here, and it's really inspiring to talk about Dinoland USA there. So, in the boneyard. Yeah, cool. the boneyard's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we had a good time in there. I think, and it's covered too, so it's kind of shaded, mm-hmm. which helps a lot. Um. Yeah. So I I would definitely say if you have younger kids, 
and maybe they're kind of tired, you can you could go in there too and, and mess around with them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the next one here, Doug, I'm not going to read anything, but I want to bring it to your attention. The Cretaceous Trail, do you remember that? Yeah, How that actually uh, leads up into the um, Oasis Trails too, doesn't it? Actually, it's it's meant to look like it does, but you really have to go all the way back around to the front of the park in order to get to the oasis. We kind of did so, that. Too, I know. We? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Okay. That's so, cool. Yeah. Um, yes, I do remember that. We actually have pictures of that. Yes. Um, so I can put those up. Yeah, we actually actually um, there was a there's audio from this, and I don't know if we can capture it was at it all. Was it the bird? There was like some weird noises coming out of the bushes, and we're like, "What yeah. is that?" And we found out that it was supposed to be the dinosaurs making noises in the bushes and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll look for that. So yeah. we got quite a bit of audio. We're just gonna look for, and so we'll feed it in as we go along here. Okay. Um, one thing about the Cretaceous Trail is, uh, it is is meant to be an exploration trail. So it's not something that you're gonna find a big attraction in it, but it is a nice botanical garden. Um, that the Imagineers planted plants in this area that were actually really around during dinosaur times. So it's kind of cool that they chose ferns and the different stuff. Um, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of plants. There's some dinosaur. Um, they're not animatronics, but they're like statue-looking things. Yeah, um, yeah and, but they're they're painted and they're positioned in a certain way that you do wonder if they're going to start moving. Uh huh. And, and so anyway, it, it talks about that, and of course there's noises that are going on there, but it is right next to the dino um, di dinosaur, the attraction. So if you're coming in or out of, or you've got small kids that can't ride dinosaur, this is a great place to kind of walk through it, check it out. Uh, I noticed when we were there, no one was going through it, except for some teenagers who were just quickly going through it. They didn't, they were like, what is this trail? We don't care about this. So something to check out. Yeah, and you know what? Since you kind of mentioned attractions too, we could kind of jump through some of those. Of course, I, you just mentioned. I was going to go right to dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, so okay. go ahead. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can go ahead and name them. You can you can read okay, our so list. Okay, they are there, yeah. uh, dinosaur, uh, Finding Nemo the musical, uh, Fossil Fun and Games, which is kind of like a play area, uh, Primeval World, the Boneyard, and Triceratops Spin. And if you listen to show 69, we covered Dinosaur and played some audio. And if you listen to show 147, we did Finding Nemo the Musical, uh, both great attractions. And I'm not that much into musicals, Yeah. but it was a great musical. Yeah, uh, it was really good. In fact, I just talked to Greg, my coworker. They just went in September, and that was the first time he's ever been. And he loved Finding Nemo the Musical, and he is not a... Um, he was looking for to go to Disney to ride roller coasters. He wasn't looking to to watch musicals and stuff like that. So, so he had <laughs> a good crazy. time. Yeah. Um, okay, we can talk about. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Primeval World and the Triceratops Bin and Chester and Hester's. If um, so, we already mentioned that Primeval World was kind of like the time machine that Chester and Hester built, um, which yeah. is kind of fun. And I have some video of us just walking around it where it's just going and you see the time machine whirling and you see all these little knickknacks and stuff going left and right. And it's it's pretty funny if you ride Dinosaur and then ride Primeval World and notice the differences and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just funny to see it. Even though both of them are pretty loud. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, tri Triceratops Spin is... It's it's based off the Disney uh, the Dumbo ride. Everybody loves Dumbo, you know, at Magic Kingdom. 
Uh, but this is just a dinosaur ride of the Triceratops pin. Jeez, can't yeah, talk today. Yeah, and we'll have a picture up there, so when everybody sees it, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like they kind of replaced uh, Dumbo with the Triceratops. And uh, the Imagineer guide describes it as a mid 1950s tin toy dinosaur top. And so it's kind of like if you check out the middle of the uh, the middle of the thing going around in circles, it looks like a top. Where you you know you push down the the thing or you spin it and that's where the dinosaurs are going around and so it's it's pretty cool to kind of just look at that and that's also where Chester and Hester talk to you right before you ride the ride I believe I forget what they say something about hey hang on kids we're going for a ride yeah, yeah. yep it's kind of a fun little thing there um, other than yeah, that the Chester and Hester theme I I think is great and they're they, and they are they're they're kind of part of the immersion and they're always there to kind of remind you that this is their place and to talk to you about enjoying your time while you're there and everything. Yeah. And um, other than that, there's, of course, we talked about it, the uh, the Midway games or uh, the things that you can kind of play. It's it's very carnivalist-like. Any audio that we play, they're going to hear the constant bells and stuff that are going off. Yeah. That sound just like you're at a carnival. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of... It's kind of cool now that you realize, oh, as I walk down the road, I see the carnival games to attract me to the carnival games in Dino Land first. And then as you explore Dino Land, you realize, okay, Restaurantosaurus is back there. There's the dig site. Um, and then eventually you'll get to Dinosaur, the attraction, which is, of course, the prestigious uh, attraction that's supposed to be going on there. So, um, and, it, and it does look that way. Yeah. I mean, the building and everything looks very, I mean, very refined. Like a corporate kind of building, I think, a little bit from the outside. Yeah. Other than the trees and stuff on the roof. Yes, which is Remember funny. Yeah, we, we talked about that uh -huh. in the show. So yeah, definitely. Which That's is funny you mentioned that because the whole point of the putting the trees on the roof was to make it look bigger. By putting yep. trees up there, you think, oh, man, it must be a big building. And it kind of gives you that. It's the same concept of when you go up to Cinderella Castle and you look up and you're thinking, man, this is huge. But it's not as big as what it looks. So. Okay, um, next on the list, you've got a restaurant Asaurus. Do you want to talk about that at all, or do you think we've covered it? Well, um, you know, it was I've a got... good place to go and eat breakfast, so we did that there. Uh, if you like actually Beatles-themed Beatles music, this... that... <laughs> actually, you got the wrong thing. We went to uh, Pizza Safari that... for breakfast. Oh, okay, you're right, you're yeah, right, yeah. okay. Restaurant right, Asaurus yeah, was closed like... for breakfast. We wanted That's to right, go, but right. they were closed, yeah. Okay. So, okay, you're right. Unfortunately, we didn't get to check it out. So, if you're going to Dinoland in the morning, you can't get anything for breakfast. Just keep that in mind. Um, I, I want to read some of the stuff here. They actually have uh, the restaurant Astoris has been through some history of changes. And as you go in, you'll actually find some rooms in the dining area that give you some of the stuff. And I'm, I'm going to read some of it here. Um, All these lifetimes have left a mark on the building, and each of the rooms carries evidence of its previous function. The Quonset Hut is a vehicle maintenance building with an adjacent auxiliary storage. The plastering room has remnants of the prepping and shipping of fossils. The rec room features a basketball hoop and associated scuffs and dings along with dartboards, soda cans on the wall, and posters of pop culture items that are of interest to the student crowd. You'll find a variety of awards by and for the students, like the Zip Award for the student who works the hardest all summer only to find Zip. Nothing. <laughs> Each student has brought a rock from wherever they live and added it to the legacy collection of these rock hounds. 
So that's just some of what you'll find find inside Restaurantosaurus. Now I wish we were, would have been able to go in there. I know. Okay. I think it, we had too that much. That might to give do me something. And, I'll go in maybe and check it out when I'm yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get pictures and stuff of what's going on and yeah, stuff on the inside. Yeah, and and I know we wanted to eat lunch at Flame Tree. This is probably a good place to eat lunch too if you get an opportunity to go yeah. there. So. Okay. Um, other than Restaurantosaurus, I did want to talk about the um, the shops that are going on because that's kind of where we actually explored a lot of what we were doing and just by standing around, looking around. Um, do you remember the uh, Chester and Hester's oh, Dino yeah. Treasures going on? Yeah. Yeah. There's it's like a knickknack shop, man, and there's stuff stacked everywhere. Yeah. In there, but it actually, I mean, most of it's merchandise that you can buy. But then there are also things like a, a phone on the wall. Uh, that you would see in like a, if you went into a truck stop or something during that time, and people have scribbled notes on the wall. There are postcards that people have stuck up on the wall to say, "Hey, we were here, and this is where we're from." Um, I, I guess I don't. There's not a lot of places like that around anymore. No. But uh, since I'm older, I, I remember seeing those kind of places when I was young. Yeah. And so, but they they do date themselves back to the time, um, you know, back during that era. Yeah. And there's this, just this huge storyline that goes on. In fact, I think if we read one of the scribbled notes inside the shop, and then you went outside, I think there was like something we found that had alluded to that scribbled note inside. And then you can like go down to Restaurantosaurus and find that there was something that was there that associated with the scribbled note that was inside the shop. And so like, yeah. there's this whole storyline yeah. going on that you're <laughs> like, holy cow. What? Well, and you know what it does? It fits the town together, kind yeah. of. Uh-huh. It fits that area together by, you know, okay, you can see where people that live around there or people that have just visited or people that are just traveling through, you can kind of see their connection to what's happened there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, it's that logo of the Dino Gasoline logo. Do you remember taking a picture of that? Yeah, I've got a picture of it yeah. up there. Yeah. And, and what's funny about it, it's in the Imagineers Guide here, is they say that it's pretty funny because the fact that it's a souvenir shop devoted to exploiting dinosaurs you know and dinosaur merchandise when in fact before it was a souvenir shop it was also a gas station where at the same time it exploited dinosaurs but in a different way it just to you know for fuel and stuff so so i i think there's like two pumps outside the shop there and that's what that's what we were looking at and stuff like that so in fact now that i remember i know you i know you have a picture of there's a sign that's been painted over and at one point, it maybe if it said Dino Gasoline or something like that, and then it was painted over with something else on it. And yep, I was well. I, and that's kind of the thing you'll notice through a lot of this place is uh, nothing only gets used once and then is thrown away. They yeah. use and reuse everything. Yeah, which yeah. is which is common from that era. Uh huh. Yeah. Cool. So, so there's that, so much stuff within that shop. Uh, there's audio recordings off of a radio because they have basically the. The town radio station is playing constantly while you're in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can hear that while you're in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's all I have. So I I wanted to just touch base and say, you know, it's this is a great place to explore if you have the opportunity to go check it out. I'm fearful that as Avatar comes in, there's there's rumors of Avatar taking over some of this area. I'm fearful that it might go away, or they might relocate some of this stuff. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but I really have grown to like Dino Land. Maybe it's because I'm growing to like Animal Kingdom a lot more, but I don't know. It's 
it's worth checking out if you get a chance to go before 2013, before they start Avatar construction and all that stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're saying that uh, with Avatar coming in, that you're not going to lose anything in the park. Oh, they've and already so, said that. Right. Yeah, they did okay. say that. Okay. Um, good. So, good. and I thought you remember, and I we have a picture of it where the road heads up to the back gate. Yes. And then it just stops. Yep. And that's where that sign is. It says, uh, "Parking used to be fifty cents. Now it's scribbled out and it's two dollars." Right. right. Uh, technically, I mean, they could continue whatever they wanted right through there. Yeah. Okay. And I've I've also heard that they uh, uh, that there's a good possibility that they're going to relocate Legend of the Lion King, which sounds to me like then they would put it back over in where Camp Mini Mickey is. I don't know how much visiting that area of the park gets. I know that I've been there several times. I've never gone over in a Camp Mini Mickey, I guess, itself. But okay. I have gone to Legends of the Lion King. Well, so that yeah, I have a question for you. So Legends of the Lion King is in Camp Mini Mickey right now. So what do you right. mean? They're going to well, move it out of Camp Mini yeah, Mickey? That they would, yeah, that they're going to move it and put it somewhere else. Oh, well, okay. That's and interesting. And they would eliminate Camp Mini Mickey and put Avatar over in that area. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, what other than Legends of the Lion King, what is there over in Camp Mini Mickey that... Well, uh, I mean, I'm going to insult somebody by saying that. <laughs> but what Roy, else is there? Roy's listening to this and he's like, what are you saying, Doug? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's it, the it, character greet locations for all the Mickey stuff, Mickey and his friends. And then there's also the uh, uh, Pocahontas and her friends stage show and stuff like that. So, okay. I, but I had heard somewhere that they had eliminated the Pocahontas thing. Well, yeah, but I mean, there was still something else going on at that show, okay. so it wasn't but necessarily. It just doesn't sound yeah. like there's enough that's like relevant. Yeah, yeah. it's that true. They would, that they would keep it around. Yeah, that's very. That's a very good possibility. But or, or they yeah. would expand it and do something different with it, along with Legends of the Lion King. Yeah. Uh, by moving it to somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So, well, only time will tell, and we'll have to figure it out. And obviously, they're probably just now having this conversation with themselves, figuring out how much space they need and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay. Well, unless you have anything else to say, I think we're gonna take a break and close out the show. So, nope. That's that's all I've got on Dino Land. Okay. Hopefully, that gave you guys a little bit um, more into it. So. Okay, now we're going to play some audio for you, and then after that, we'll close out the show. Enjoy. First, we'll take a trip inside Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures, the gift shop in Dino. Look at all the little Annette's cleaning service. Five by five. It's like Billy Bob's record service. They used to do a long time ago, though. Yeah. Instead of having your business cards, you'd write things up around the phone so people would take an advertisement. Neat. This is the, the students. The students Country. And just in case you're feeling a little jealous or a little down, 
we're gonna play something on the lighter side. Can Next, we take a stop and walk through part of the Cretaceous Trail. Plaster wrapping bones. Dinosaur fossils needed to be studied in laboratory conditions where they can be examined in greater detail and air conditioned. Oh, all the red is the notes that the students put in. That's funny. So like it says, team, these bones are very fragile. They need to be wrapped in burlap foil and plaster. Once they are set in plaster, they can then be transported to the museum to be studied. Dr. McGee, and somebody wrote in red, somebody get on this right away in red. And then there's a picture of the bone, and they're saying the bone being wrapped here is, this is a... Orders then, basically, that somebody's given out? In other words, they use oh, this Oh, dig of site thing. three. Yeah. Yeah, they use okay. This as an update thing. So the red no is institute. like... Yeah. Oh, that's the bone right there. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's cool. Same bone. Yeah. And you can tell what year it was because of his digital watch. It's like from the 80s, digital watch. It's funny. When they first discovered the bones here. Supposedly a lot of these plants are, have been around since that period too. Like really. Ferns. Yeah, most ferns and stuff have been around. For a long time? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the triceratops poking through there. Sounds coming from the sounds coming from back in the trail back here. On the Crustaceous Trail. Yeah. And finally, our last trip, we're standing right next to Triceratops Spin. Notice my comment as you look at the ride, you can see these asteroids swirling above as if the asteroids are coming down to, of course, make the dinosaurs extinct. It's one of the theories of the dinosaurs. Anyway, enjoy this audio. See how it's like the meteors are coming to get you? The top there? Yeah. funny. Smells like food here, too. 
safety to stay seated with that seat back fastened good and tight as you spin. Whilst you're spinning, keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside, and be sure to watch your children. All right, so there we go. Dino Land, USA, and Animal Kingdom, and all kinds of fun stuff. So All kinds of new stuff, too, going on. So mm -hmm. um, with the Fantasyland expansion and the Sorcerer stuff going on, or the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, there's and, a lot of stuff actually happening. Yeah, and and I don't know. Disney has been known for, even in a bad economy, continuing to move forward. And so I think they're still proving themselves that they are going to just keep trudging. And uh, even with, uh, what's his name, Bob Iger, uh, Bob Iger gonna, he's not going to be the CEO. You know, I, I think that's so actually a good idea. Yeah. Um, because I think that it's kind of smart for him to move on, even at that point. Kind of Kind of keeps something fresh in there. Sure. I bet you if somebody were to ask him and if you were the fly on the wall, you would find out a lot of that was his idea. Yes. Yeah. They want to keep freshness. Sure. Sure. Most definitely. So, all right. Well, I mean, I, who knows what, what, with Universal, what's going on with them and bringing stuff into Disney. The I only mean, thing so. I heard uh, as far as rumor stuff with Universal is that they're starting to talk about uh, Wizarding World expansion. Oh, okay. But nothing's lined up and solid there. So right. the nice thing is is that always leave something on the horizon for us to kind of talk about sure. and to go and see. Yeah, sure. Most definitely. So, Okay, well, we are headed almost into the Thanksgiving season. I mean, there's Christmas stuff all over the place. Um, in fact, the building that I work in, uh, I don't know why they just started decorating Christmas so early. It, it broke out as soon as November broke out, so... I don't know if you guys are into the Christmas mood yet, but we probably won't do Christmas until the very end of December because we don't have any Christmas shows, right? Doug? No, nothing yeah. that okay. I can think of right offhand. Okay. Um, so it's uh, it's always difficult sometimes. I mean, there's only so many things going on around us. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not traveling to Disney for uh, for the Disney party just right. to film that or whatever. Right, Maybe right. at some point, but not this year. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Hope you guys are staying warm. I know it's getting colder around here, and uh, if if our friends from uh, where were they, Iceland, Finland, somebody from over there was contacting us the other the other year. Oh, no, that was Belgium. Belgium. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, hopefully you guys are staying warm. I know it's you got way worse weather than we do right now, and uh, yeah, just hope that these shows bring some happiness to you some we'll, warmth into your cold winter days. seriously seriously we'll yeah. try to we'll try to post some more videos out there we got a lot on dino land out there this is going to take some time to edit uh youtube's always the way to go as far as all that stuff's concerned but um yeah, yeah we actually just put another uh just put an animal kingdom video up there right at dark uh, basically yeah. it's leading up into darkness as mm -hmm. my wife said well, that's not all dark and i reminded <laughs> her well it kind of starts out with the lights barely on yeah. and then it leads up into darkness so get off my back <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> that's funny because my wife kind of said the same thing but i thought 
all of our pictures in dark are nothing but dark because it's yeah. pitch black. <laughs> yeah, well, and I kind of like so, the way that it leads up, so you yeah. kind of get an idea of seeing it. So yeah, cool. Anyway, yeah. go check that video out. There's a lot of neat stuff in there. So yep, definitely, Animal Kingdom. We we are we are voting for Animal Kingdom. Yeah, uh, you know, theme park yep. of the year here. Here we go, theme <laughs> park of the year. <laughs> there we go. That's gonna happen. We're trying to push it to the top. Seriously, seriously. All uh, right, well, thanks so much for... Avatar Land or Pandora or yeah. whatever it's called, Land Opens, it'll go right to the top, That's probably. true, that's true. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for sticking right. with us. All right, everybody, get ready for Turkey Day. Empty those bellies. Okay, have a good week. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. I like to travel. I like to drive. I like the music all This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. Copyright 2011. Thanks so much for listening. So it says no skiing from railroad tracks except when train is coming. <laughs> What's that mean? Old train. Old train wheel. Dinosaur. Chester's and Nesters on it. Yep. Right. Uh, technically, I mean, they could continue whatever they wanted right through there. Yeah. Now, I... You there? All right. We lost him. <laughs> Are you there, Doug? Outtake.